welcome once again to the Talking Buds podcast. So they roll into Edmonton. Okay. Austin Matthews is hurt. He's got a bad wrist. That was news to us that came out after the end of the Calgary series. So they roll into Edmonton and it's like, no Matthews. The Oilers are now in second place in the division. Michael Hutchinson's going to play. Jack Campbell's coming back off an injury. And like, we don't know how he's going to look like because you never know how someone's going to look post-injury. And the Toronto Maple Leafs proceed to turn in two of their best all-round defensive performances that I have seen any Maple Leaf team do in 15 years. Long time. Yeah, like... Long time. And what you just said puts it all in perspective. It's They had Jack Campbell coming back from an injury who seems like he's turning into a bit of a Band-Aid yes. reputation, even though I like Jack Campbell. Yes. And then you have everybody's favorite backup, Michael Hutchinson, who everyone just can't stand, and they're down their best player. And you walk out uh, two games out of Edmonton so far, and you shut them out both times. Connor McDavid, no points. Dry Saddle, no points. It really puts in perspective how impressive these two wins have been with, with backup goalies and, and players injured. A lot of the discussion that I've seen um, for the last, like, two through the last two games is has been about the team defense. And what is it that sticks out to you when you watch them defensively? That, that, you haven't seen in years past, maybe. Number one, they just have a better blue line. Like, their blue line is just better. Morgan Riley's better with TJ Brody. TJ Brody, as I said on her post-game pint, is the most under-the-radar Leaf defenseman I've ever seen. And that's because he's covering for Morgan Riley 24-7. He doesn't need to do anything spectacular. He just needs to be in the right position when Morgan decides to pinch. And Morgan is... What they say last night, 17 points in those last 17 games. So it's paying off. Jake Muzzin's been a been a legend all year. Justin Hull has had a chance to finally play hockey, turned into a top four defenseman. And then Bogosian and Dermott and whoever's been filling out that bottom pairing has been pretty good. Well, yeah, well, the, the talent on the blue line is definitely reason number one. And reason number two is the coaching that Sheldon Keefe has put in place. Like the, the system that they're deploying – is working in the sense that it's shutting down the best hockey player in the world. And he even said it. He said it after the first game. He was like, this team is playing at, a, at another level defensively, and it's hard for me to get the looks that I normally get. That's huge when when Connor McDavid is saying something like that after the game. Yeah, it's and it's Sheldon Keefe finally getting enough time to put his true blueprint on this team to play the way he wants them to play. And when you're playing Edmonton, it's not it's not a secret what you have to do. And you got to really focus on it because the minute you don't take the minute you take your eyes off it, ninety-seven is four points. Yeah. So they've really done an amazing job of shutting that line down, shutting Drysaddle down. And one thing too is like a couple of the couple of the shifts you have Tavares line out there with Marner, and they're kind of canceling out the McDavid line. They might get hemmed in a bit, but then you got the third line scoring. You got William Nylander scoring. You got the fourth line. It's arguably one of the best fourth lines in hockey, which is a rotating door of hockey players. The too. line, the line last night, um, the third line of Mikheyev, Engvall, and Hyman 
just cycled and cycled and dominated and so checked fast. and cycled and cycled. Like that is maybe a line. Like I know that we think really highly of Zach Hyman and Zach Hyman could easily play on the top two lines on this hockey team. Like no question about it. However, like, like that, that is a, that is a hell of a checking line to have those three oh, 100%. together. And, and yeah, what, what, where are you with McKayev right now? Because the running joke is the guy can't score. He can't, he can't score it. But last year he did just, but before he got hurt, show some flashes of being able to put the puck in the net. Do you think it's going to come around for this man? Because me personally, I was a little down on him for a bit. Yeah. But man, the guy can flat out skate, skate yeah, and he's yeah. got a little bite to him. Yeah. And he, he's one of the best four checkers they've had in a long time. Well, it'll come it'll come for him, I think. Like Hopefully. he just has to keep doing what he's doing. Hopefully. And I think it'll come for him. Because he's you're right, like the the skating talent and ability is it's off the charts. Yeah, it's, I love charts. watching him. And 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 everybody's favorite thing, Pierre Ingvall, finally getting his fair share of ice time. And you know what? Pierre Ingvall can skate too, there man. There is a sick. And I, I am in no way, like, taking anything away. I got nothing against Pierre Ingvall. Yeah. But there is a segment of this fan base that just loves the guy. Loves Pierre Ingvall. But you know what? He's backed it up. They, they, yeah, yeah. Listen, he's in, he's in that. Per, he's in that. I thought that line was excellent last night. I thought, I thought the Leafs through two games have absolutely had their way with the Oilers defense and yeah. um, overdrives Brian Hayes on Twitter. You know, I, I would like Hayes. I'm a huge Packer fan. And last night on Twitter, he was like, the Leafs are, are doing the equivalent of like Rogers targeting a second string corner and just throwing at him the whole time going, you got no answer. And that's what the Leafs were doing to some of the Oilers defense pairings. It was, it's, it's been, I don't know about you, dude, but like I have a hard time like sitting like last night. I'm just going. I can't, they're doing it again. Like they're yeah. they're dominating, which brings me to a question I wanted to ask you. So the haters, because it's the Toronto Maple Leafs. So there's always there's always going to be the haters. A lot of haters. The haters like to come out and say, "Well, it's the division. You're in a terrible division." That's why you're at the top of that's why you're at the top of the standings. That's why you're at the top of the league because the competition isn't there. And listen, is is the North Division great? No, it's not. They they are far and away the best team in the division. However, those are the constraints that they're they, they've been sort of given this year. And also point to some of these other divisions around the, the league. Look, look at the teams like the Detroit Red Wings and the Buffalo, the Buffalo Sabres. Sabres. Yeah. Yeah. Like other divisions I, have teams that it's pretty much a guaranteed two points every night. I think this take sucks. Yeah. I think it's so dumb. What, what are you like basing this off of? You they're, they're just you just don't like how the Leafs are winning yes. and beating up on teams and people don't believe that they can beat up on these teams like this. No. So they just, you think the Leafs played the lightning, they'd get dummied? No, like, no, no, not the way they're playing right now, no. No, they no. could play any team in this league right now and have a very good game. I don't get it. I don't, this is a dumb take to me. Like, it's a waste of time. It's a, it's a, it's a hater's take. It's stupid. Yeah. I don't understand, like, where you're, are those people who are saying that sitting down and watching the Central Division every night? I don't think so. No. They're just saying it because they want to be special and be smart. And they can't stand like these Oiler people, fans. Oiler fans were feeling pretty good about themselves going into this series on the weekend that they they taken over second in the division and the Leafs have dummied them. If there was a hundred people who had this take and you line them all up, I guarantee you maybe five of them have actually sat down and watched 
the Lightning play or the Hurricanes play or the Bruins play on a consistent basis where they have come up with strategy reasons why it wouldn't match up. The, the other like section of the fan base that are saying that they have no idea what they're talking about. They have no idea. They're just trying to be smart. It's to, dumb. To go back to a thing you just said, no, I don't think they would get dominated by the Tam- Tampa Bay Lightning. There is one scenario that I would like to see how they would respond in, and that's on the road in Boston. For sure. With fans. Yeah. But, but, that's, but that's, that's not realistic. Yeah, that's exactly. not going to happen. It's not reality. Yeah. No. Like that cool. Like that that happened a long time ago. That that's not reality anymore. Get over it. So, um transitioning here. So 17-4-2, turning in these like really, really impressive performances. And with these types of performances and how they rack up wins and how how good they look doing so, the expectation in the playoffs gets higher and higher and higher. And uh couple things I've heard talked about because I listen to working from home. I just literally sit and listen to sports talk radio all day. Um, one of the things I've uh, a topic that I wanted to like bring up with you is that Tavares has looked better in these two games that Matthews has been out. And why has Tavares looked better in these two games since Matthews has been out? Well, he's playing with, well, the logistical answer, playing with Marner. He's yes. playing with better guys. He's getting more ice time. He's- what is your opinion on, and I think it's something that when Matthews comes back, they should try because you can always go back to Matthews and Marner. But what I'm saying is if you're going to get into the playoffs and you want to be a team that's a dual line threat, you need to get 91 going as best you can. And it just hasn't clicked between him and Nylander for whatever reason. Nylander lately has been on fire. That backhand goal he got last night, man. Yeah. Like, so I think you should try splitting Matthews and Marner up just for a couple games, just to see if you can get Tavares going. Cause if you get into a situation in the playoffs, I do think like having two lines that are equal threat is, will help you than opposed to having all your offense, come from Matthews and Marner on the same line. Your thoughts on this? I hate this question. I'm going to be honest. I can't stand this question. It's the most it's, Ryan answer ever. It's just <laughs> like, it's such a hard question to answer. If you talk to Dave Tippett, who's currently the coach of the Oilers, he that's his biggest juggling act is trying to get dry and McDavid on two different lines to balance it out. And some, and all I hear all the time is let's put Yamamoto with McDavid. Let's put, RNH would try. They can't decide which wingers go on each side. So it's as much as it sounds nice to have Marner and Tavares on one line and it'd be great. And Matthews and whoever on our line, it'd be great. I think it's almost just a game by game basis type of yeah, thing. Yeah. It sounds great on paper to do something like this and have a balanced attack. But like, what if one game Johnny, like, it's just, I think it's going to change game to game. I, I think, think when you're in the playoffs, you're going to have to adjust. I think that's a good answer. I think that's a, I think that's a really good answer to that question is to go situationally. I, I just don't think it, it, it sounds shift like by and, shift. And then you're going to wham wham about Matthews not having a winger now. It's it's like no guy is going to play consistent enough with another guy for people to be satisfied all the time. Yeah. It's like it's just you can't you can't always get that. So if one game Marner and Matthews are lighting up for four points each, you're probably going to win that hockey game. Yeah. So it's like, then roll with that. And and if Tavares is really struggling, you need to throw him a bone with Marner for a period or two, or maybe next game, then do that. It doesn't need to be one or the other, in my opinion, because then it's just 
There's always going to be something that somebody doesn't like. It's always going to be like, let's put Nylander down. Let's put Nylander up. Let's put Tavares with Matthews on the wing now because he's not working with Mar- It's just anything could happen with these line combos. It's just a hard question to answer. I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to do something for you right now. We're going, we're going to talk about one of your favorite people to talk about. Oh no. His name is, or sorry, his number is 11. Yeah. How, how much money are they going to have to pay this guy? I don't know. He was outstanding. He's been outstanding. He was outstanding last night. And Sheldon Keefe said as much after the game. That he was like in all facets, like something along the lines of in all facets, he was unbelievable. He's like, the hardest worker and one of the hardest workers in the league. How? Just no but it's, doubt but about it's, it. but his skill, his hands. Yeah, like remember Good. for like years we we joked, like we made the Mikheyev jokes about him, like years ago about how he couldn't score. He had no hands, he had no touch, and it's like you see the goal he got last night. The twenty goal a year guy, yeah. if he's firing yeah. for a whole season. Like, how many does he have now? Six or seven? And, and most of them are pretty decent, you yeah. know? And he could play penalty kill. He could pay power play. Looking ahead, they have a lot of these. Like, it's not just him. They're, you got 44 on the back end who is also in a in a tough spot when it comes to a contract negotiation. And you have uh, Freddie Anderson, who's another guy who's going to be coming up in a contract negotiation. They just signed TJ Brody for $5 million for five years or whatever. Like it's, they're going to have three of those guys that they're going to have to make a decision on and see if another guy's going out the door or not. That's just, it's scary to think to lose a guy like Hyman. It it, it really is because he's one of the heart and souls of this hockey team. In my opinion, he's a part of the core. Yeah. Like like when you talk about the core of this team, you, he, he isn't always the first name you say, like it's, it's obviously like the core for the four highest paid guys plus Riley, Plus maybe Freddie, like, but you Zach Hyman is is as he, legit. Yeah. He's he's in, he's so so important to this team. Yeah, he really is. Like, and I don't I don't want to go down this road, but it's like if he's gonna ask for like five million, four point two five million, which like, I think he's well on his right to do. Yeah, hundred hundred. Like just on his like his value to the team alone. Yeah. Like I like we were just talking about how last night he's on the third line and they're dominating, but you literally can move him up and down the lineup. Move him anywhere. Yeah. Play him on any special team. Yes. Like he's just he's so invaluable. Like he's just in the goalie's face last night, late in the game. He's always crashing around the yeah. net. Like I like if if I think where this conversation is going is kind of a comparison between Nylander and his money and Zach Hyman batting down the hatches with this conversation. Yeah. Like we, I don't want to get, has been great lately. Like that, like I said it earlier, I'll say it again. That, that goal he got on the backhand last night, like that's, that's big league. I want to have like a good conversation about this. I don't want to throw jabs at Nylander. I don't want to prop Hyman up too much. It's just as simple as one guy can, can bring you 30 goals a year if he's on his game, if he's consistent. And another guy who can help you in every single situation has the ability to score over 20-plus goals a year. It's yeah. it's it's a serious conversation that if I'm in the management team, that it's a, it, it's a definitely a pros and cons list. That you're, it's going to be a tough decision. Yeah. And, and I, they're not saying they have to get rid of Nylander. I'm not, I'm not their capologist. I'm not the guy crunching all the numbers. But eventually you, you run out of five to $7 million contracts that you can hand out. 
So it's kind of like maybe you got to get rid of a guy to keep another guy. And having that discussion on a whiteboard and at Scotiabank Arena, that's a challenging conversation to have and a tough comparison. Talk to me about um, Michael Hutchinson. I'm stoked for the guy. Yeah, me too. I, no one, no one's quicker to throw a, a goalie out the door than this fan base. Yeah. And yeah, he sucked last year, but it's man, it's tough. Like it's tough sitting on the bench and coming in and having expectations. So, I mean, if you were to ask him or anyone in the fan base that he'd have a a nine forty three save percentage, a nine forty three save percentage. There Look you at go. you. you. Look go. at you. Yeah, Ryan does his homework, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Under two goals against average, 943 save percentage. Just been, and I thought like, yeah, like they've been good defensively, but early in that first period, he stopped five or six huge shots that kept them in the game. And then you go down the other side and your first shot on their attendees in the net. Oh, how about the Oilers goaltending? Yeah, it's rough. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's rough. And they're in their, their speed of defense is rough. And it's just, I'm just happy for Hutchinson. I hope he keeps it up, but it's it's eventually he's going to get pushed back out again. So he's going to be back sitting around doing well, nothing you know, you, very you make soon. A, you make a good point about Jack Campbell. Like he, I've, I'm someone who's kind of had the take where like, I don't know if Freddie's going to be back next year. And I think that they as an organization think high enough of Jack Campbell that they'd be willing to sort of roll the dice with him as their starting goaltender. But you're right. If he can't, if he can't stay healthy, which like he, he was great on Saturday night, but it's like, he's been great since he got here. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, it, based on reputation alone, since coming to this team, I think he's been great since the minute he got here. It's just, I'm starting to see a bit of a pattern. I believe if you go back in, in, into his history of injuries as well, it's not just these ones with the leaves. I'm, sh- I'm pretty sure he has a, a line of injuries before he even got here. So that's the only thing that gets me a little worried about him. Yeah, I um I hope he can he can keep it together because I do I do believe that I think I think if you if you gave Kyle Dubas some truth serum, he would probably look at you and say, We're not gonna re-sign Freddie and we'll roll the dice next year with Campbell as our starting goalie and see how that goes. It's a big gamble, man. Well, dude, listen, like I I, I know gamble. I know it's a big gamble, but you and I just talked about paying Zach Hyman. Yeah, no, at the end of the day, yeah. it's about the salary cap. Yeah. And you're gonna it's it's they have so many tough decisions. If Freddie Anderson up. comes to you and says, I want $8 million, do you think he's worth that? I don't. No, no goalie's worth it. Carey yeah. Price is proving right now that if you go all in on a goaltender, it's it's bad news. Would you it's, like to would you like to talk to Habs fans again like you normally do? Oh yeah. Yeah. How's how's your team going? Was that five in a row you've lost? That's yeah. too bad. Yeah. That's too bad. See you in the first round. Or maybe not. Maybe you'll get passed. Who knows? Well, the Calgary Habs fans. Calgary Flames. Big save Dave comes into Toronto and looks like the brick wall and then goes to Ottawa and can't this, stop a thing. This has been like, other than the Leafs, which I think the Leafs have just flat out dominated this division. Yes. Like they've just flat out dominated. They still have a lot of games against the Winnipeg Jets left. But overall, they, they've they've just, they're the best team in this division by a mile. And it's, you look at the other teams though, and it's like all these teams at one point, have just had like a bad stretch. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. whoa. Yeah. Like the Canucks yeah. were terrible. They're starting to kind of turn around. Who knows? The Flames now are just like sinking. Like it, they're at the point now where if they're analyzing themselves as a franchise and where they are as a team, it's like 
do they even take their results right now as seriously as they should? Because it's almost a joke how bad they are right now. Like, are they actually that bad? I I, like, I don't know. No, I think I think we've seen as in our history as Leaf fans, we see what happens when you, your team goes through a like this time. So they're at the twenty three game mark right now in this the Leafs. Mike Babcock got fired at the twenty three game mark yeah. last year. Yeah. Think about remember the game that they went and I distinctly remember distinctly remember before we were in this COVID craziness. I was out having dinner. I was not watching the game. I was out. Well, I was, but it was on at, I wasn't intently watching. I was watching out of the corner of my eye at a restaurant. And I remember you texting me and being like, it's over. Like they, it's over. Like they got it. They've quit on them. It's Isn't over. That they got dummied by the penguins yes, or something. It was yes. Like six. Nothing. Kazmir Kaskasuo. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's tough. Like you look at, uh, my favorite storyline today, if we just go branch out of the league for a second, is Columbus Blue Jackets. Yarmo Kikalainen is coming out to back up the head coach. Yeah, and it's like, uh, yeah. just fire the guy. Yeah, yeah. He's done. Yeah. That team's done. Like, yeah. it's just storylines like that. It's like, man, things can go south in this league fast. Very quickly. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, whoa. So, so let's, 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 let's have some fun here okay so you and i were talking earlier about the people who are like oh it's because they're in the canadian division yeah and okay so bottom three teams in the canadian division right ottawa senators 17 points vancouver canucks 20 points calgary flames 22 so if we go to the central division the bottom three teams dallas stars 16 points yeah Detroit Red Wings, 17 points. Nashville Predators, 20 points. Columbus Blue Jackets, 21 points. Does that look like a world beater of a division to I you? Know. And the hero would be like, whoa, look at the amount of games played. And yeah, it's like, yeah. shut up. Yeah. It, every every division in this league is the same. It, it's the same to me. It's like you have, I mean, maybe maybe other divisions, like the Capitals and the Bruins, like that. that's a good one too. Maybe the Leafs are kind of just a little bit further ahead of the second team in this division. Yeah. But it's like, yeah. Where do you just sit at home and come up with the idea that you know, the Leafs are all of a sudden going to stroll into Washington and get blown out? Like I don't, I don't get that. You I know, don't. now that I'm looking at this, like you look at the bottom feeders in each division, like Dallas Stars, 16 points, Buffalo Sabers, 15 points, Ottawa Senators, 17 points, Anaheim Ducks, 17 points. Like if I'm, if I'm, if I'm the Ottawa Senators, I'm like, let's slow down here like we want to get the first overall pick like yeah you know what? like yeah we want to like we don't like like you, you look at the look at the, the buffalo the buffalo Sabres. yeah it's it's bad <laughs> yeah man. it's bad it's i mean like I, I just at the end of the day like the leafs don't i don't get that take it doesn't make sense to me it's like yeah would they have a harder time because they haven't played as good of a team yeah but it's not like they're sh- they're shit. No. Like, they're a good team. Yep, they're like, a very good team. And, and they've been so good. It feels weird. I know. Yeah, it, dude, it feels so weird. Like, I, it's jarring as a fan of this team. Like, I don't remember. The two defensive efforts that they turned in for three periods on Saturday night and then on Monday night against Edmonton, I don't remember a single Wilson Burke, Carlisle Burke, Nonis, Babcock, Lou team that played 60 minutes defensively like that. I don't, I don't like for years, just watching them get hemmed in for minutes at a time was like a rite of passage as a Maple Leaf fan. <laughs> yeah, honestly, you know what I found interesting last night too, is if you re like, if you went in a time machine back to 2010 yeah. 
And at one point, the Leafs had a three-line combination of Thornton, Spezza, and Tavares. If someone told you in 2010 that in 2021, that would be one of the Leafs' lines for the night, even though they didn't play together all night. But it's just, like, kind of shocking to look at it. Like, they've... They've upped their name value. Hey, hey for man. Sure. Hey, hey, listen. We have had, we have on this podcast, we have been supportive of Kyle Dubas, but we have also criticized Kyle Dubas at times when we felt he deserved criticism. And right now, he deserves a lot of credit because he looks like he. It looks like he has brought in the right mix of veteran and character guys to complement the young skilled core of this team. Yeah. Like it really looks and, and do you, it, that way. And you, do you think Joe Thornton, like I'm sure Joe Thornton's having a lot of fun being 17, four and two, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, that guy wants to win. He doesn't want to beat up on so-called crappy North division teams all year. So it's like, where is the season going? This it's been weird being so positive the whole year because usually we love being negative in this city and we have every right to because the team's been a tire fire forever. But it's like, where is this going? And for me, it's going to if they don't win this division in the playoffs, I'm gonna be so disappointed. Yeah. It's not yeah. even fun. Well, with the with the performances, like I said earlier, like that's that's the thing, right? Is it's it's all well and good and we're having fun. Like you texted me last night and you said, this is fun. And it's like, it is, it's, it's great. We're having fun, but it's like with every passing game, the expectation in the playoffs gets higher and higher and higher. Yep. And the only reason I've seen enough now. Okay. 17, four and two shutting out the second place team without Austin Matthews and Michael Hutchinson in, in the net. Yeah. Okay. The only way that you don't win this division and get to the Eastern Conference final is if you beat yourself. 100%. It's that simple. Uh, and you're right. You're right. They've got a lot of games against the Winnipeg Jets coming up. We we haven't like they haven't pay, played Winnipeg a whole lot. I I'm of the belief that I think if there's a team in this division that I think is could give them the hardest time, it is the Winnipeg Jets. Like I that's that's my opinion. Having said that though, like I still think it's their division to win or lose. Hundred percent. I don't want to hear um, a goaltender got hot. Yeah, like that, that would make me sick. Being yeah. like, oh well, Carey Price got hot, and it's like, no, it's like there's no excuse. Yeah, this this record is leading to one thing and one thing only: winning this division outright and finally winning a playoff series. Period. Yeah. We, we almost forget about that. Yeah, just winning a series. Yeah, and then if you're this good, then getting to within one series of the Stanley cup final. I don't, I don't care about the pandemic season. I don't care about divisions that any time this team can sniff a series near the Stanley cup final, you get there. I got, I have goosebumps yeah, yeah. going through my body right yeah, now. Like yeah, it's yeah. like, it's that level. Yeah. And, and who knows, like they could lose four in a row coming up. And yeah. then it's like, Oh, well, maybe they're not as good. It, it, that's, that's just where we are right now. It's just, beating the, the Oilers, shutting them out two games in a row. It's just been like, it's almost been laughable. Like, I can't believe they're this good. Yeah, that's what I've been saying this yeah, whole time. I know. Like, you're watching it, and you're just like, my mind is blown watching this. Yeah, it's yeah. it's shocking. So, that, anyways. We'll see. We got to get out of here. So, final game against the Oilers, two straight against the Canucks, and then three straight against the Winnipeg Jets. So, that'll be interesting. We'll be back before uh, those Winnipeg Jets games take place. Yeah and give our take on, on that. But yeah, again, like they just got to keep trucking along. And uh, last thing, if you're, if, if they, 
they've banked enough points that if Matthews is not 100%, you keep him out. Like, you keep him out. I know he's probably dying to get back in because he's got a heart trophy season on the line here. But, like... We know what the goal is. But, yes. We know so, what the end goal is. So, you keep him out until that wrist is yeah. 100%. And, any, and that goes for any of the guys, yeah. to be honest with you. It's yeah. like, get, get your rest. Get... Yeah, whatever. Let's not get complacent, which it sounds like from the practice that Sheldon Keith ran the other day wasn't really came down on them like pretty hard. Yep. Like not in like a bad negative sense, but was like, you guys got to stay focused. I don't yeah. care what our record is. I don't care what the score is in a game. We've already blown a lead this season. Yeah. Like this is not happening again. He, which is why like he's, he's, he's inching up there as like one of the biggest beauties. Yeah. That this, this, because city's I, think seen he in a get, while. I think he gets it. Yeah, he yeah, does. He and he's the, right, he's the right eight. Like, yeah. we sit here and we talk about the, the the Babcocks of the world and the Tortorellas, and it's like this the right age at the right time at the right generation. But knows, knows what the problem is and is like, listen, like, like you saw it last night, right? First shot on net scores. Yeah. This team needs to remain focused, be mature, remain focused, and play well defensively. Yep, that's and it. And that is how you're going to get to where you want to go. Yep. That's going to do it for us this week, everybody. If you like what you see, head on over to our Instagram, at Talking Buds Podcast. That's where we do all of our hanging out on social media, and we're making a habit of it every week. Like, subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends. It really, really helps. Just leave a comment with a thumbs up. Or last year we had everyone leave a comment that said, cheers, do that. Yeah. Do something. The engagement really, really helps. It helps get our numbers up, and it helps attract us to new people. And we're always yeah. looking for new people to yeah. check us out. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jag and Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.